you're listening to the Ryback Show. Be me. Welcome to the Ryback Show Live. I am the big guy Ryback. Joined today, the one and only James Ellsworth. What's going on, buddy? What's up, bud? I was uh, getting down to your entrance music there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I had some guy actually did that uh, years ago. It was it was I found it on YouTube, and it was Ryback's unused heel music. And I go, wait a second. And I reached, I found the guy on, uh, or he messaged on Twitter or something and said, hey, I was the one that did that. And uh, he's let he lets me use it, so it's uh, got got lucky with that one there because it's it's at least similar to what I had. But what's going on? Uh, just chilling, man. Like we um, talked before we got on air, I, I'm just still trying to comprehend what kind of football game I just watched yesterday. As I'm a big Ravens fan, so it's amazing. That was an incredible game. I, I put it on because I'm buddies with uh with with Ziggler, who's a, who's a Browns fan, and yeah. uh, Kalen Croft, who was in a part of the dude busters in WWE there with Trent Beretta before there. Uh, he's, a, I mean, just enormous Browns fan. So, and that game though, I, I messaged him. I go, I go, man, I actually find myself pulling for the Browns. Cause I was like, yeah, I go 2020. Everything's just like ass backwards. Like the Browns are good this year. Right. And then, then the, the man, that game, the ending, what of the quarterback, because he was out cramp with cramps, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, allegedly it was cramps. A lot of us here at Baltimore, we think that he might have had a case of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a – I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Game Plan with The Rock. When The Rock got hurt, he was the quarterback, and he got hurt in the game, and he was out, and, and then he came back on the field, like, in the fourth quarter and made the final plays and won the game. It was just like that, like the movie The Game Plan. It, it was just amazing to watch, man. Lamar is very special. He's a special player for sure. It was it was definitely something out of a movie. I thought he was going to take off and run it, in, in which, it, man, that guy could fly. And then last second, he throws it, the guy wide open like that, man. It just... I feel for the Browns fans, though, because it's like it, it, that has to be a tough pill to swallow. But like from from an excitement standpoint, like it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, absolutely. The Browns are going to be OK. We'll make the playoffs. But yeah, last night was just Lamar's night. And he's a special player. And every now and then those special players, they put they have special nights. And that's exactly what happened. And you guys needed that win because that keeps you guys alive, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're very well alive. I think we have a. 84% chance of making the playoffs, they said, because all the other teams and how everything lines up and our schedule. So um, I'm excited, man. It's a, a, a very exciting last night. And going forward, it, it makes it more exciting to watch. I'm blown away because I, I, I've kind of fallen out with sports over the years and just staying busy. But I, I've been trying to watch a little more. And I'm, like, I had Sports Center on the other day, and I'm blown away now. Like with all the technology, like they use the, the computer analytics to like they could tell you pretty accurately like who they think is, is based off of all these different all this information and it was like I was like man I don't remember ever like growing up and that it's just it, times have changed where they're like those things are pretty damn accurate though with their prediction yeah like on fourth downs it's like 72 percent I think's the number um that you'll get it on fourth down if it's like you know, within fourth and three. Yeah. So you'll, you'll see teams all the time go for it on fourth and three, fourth and two, even if they're in their own territory. And I'm like, man, why are they doing this? I'm like, oh, well, they have a 70 plus percent chance of making it. So, and the Ravens do it a lot. And yeah, we didn't have that when we were growing up watching football. They didn't have all these yeah. analytics and, and everything. So the game's changing and it's very exciting, man, especially in 2020. I'm glad we have it right now. I remember when baseball didn't happen at first. I don't think it came around with like June or July. And like, I'm a big baseball fan too. And I was like going nuts. I'm like, man, if I had a baseball game to watch, I'd be so happy. And then eventually they went to that 60 game season, you know, and people need that entertainment in 2020. Yeah. There's people not working. There's people just stuck at home. There's, they need that entertainment's very important to American culture. And I'm luckily football. I mean, the NFL hats off to them. They haven't missed a beat. They haven't, had to cancel a game. They've had to postpone games, but not cancel games. Yeah. And they're doing a great job, I think. That's a great point. And because, too, with the, with this year and everybody, too, I, when, when we talk about entertainment, it's like entertainment, too, away from the phone, where you could just, whether you're with your family or friends, and get away from your phone for a few hours even. And, and not saying everyone does, but you can. There are people that can just chill out and relax. And that kind of not having that for a while and with everything going on, I feel like kind of contributes to like that 
with everything because everyone's kind of angry. Everyone's a little upset with everything going on. And then and social media could be a little more tense at times. But now having that to like, that's what last night, like it's relaxing, just putting the game on and just kind of forgetting about things for a little bit. Absolutely, man. Like the news has always been chaos and corruption mm-hmm. and allegations and stuff like from t- TV or radio. Now that we have these phones where you wake up, you can literally lay in bed and, and scroll and look through news and, and it's all chaos and corruption yeah. allegations. And like it's right in your face at all times. And I think that really messes with people's heads, you know, subliminally a lot. And just and that's why the media does that because that's what sells and that's what people are but man, like like you said, to put that aside and watch just a football game and relax and and you know, even if you're going on your phone and talking on Twitter and social media, you're you're talking about the game and you're just having yeah. fun, it's all in fun. And that's more positive. Yeah, more positive. And I think that's lacking a lot, you know, in the world today. And like just just something for like three hours, four, three and a half hours of a football game, just to put all that stuff aside. It, it is it is good to have for sure. Absolutely. And man, you know, I think you bring up a good point. I don't think our brains were ever meant to process the amount of information that we have access to. Like, I always like, oh, man, I wish I not to say we did it, but I was like, just existed in simpler times, which I know growing up, I got to experience in, in a way and we're and not horribly far off in age, but like, I remember there was like time without the internet and all growing up. And it was, it was a little, uh, I go, man, I kind of, I do miss it, but I love it too, because we do have access yes. to people, places. There's so many positives to it, but it's just information overload at times. So it's good to just like, like you said, just sit back and just talk about the game. Like, not about life, because all of us are going to have different opinions based off our lives on Absolutely. what's best for us. So, Absolutely, man. Yeah, and, it, like, hopefully, you know, I mean, it's going to get worse before it gets better with all this stuff. But hopefully, yeah. you know, in the future, people will like it, look at it and go, you know what, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll use this for fun. I'll use this to express, you know, positivity and kindness and, and, and move. But, you know, it, easier said than done, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. There's always a positive in every situation, though, regardless of how hard it may, may be to see it at the time. But I do. I was thinking about this the other day, even for things as frustrating and, and things having a business and different t- things this year. There's been a lot of positives. And like for me, like I'm, I'm I kind of look, I go, I've learned to even be more grateful for what I have. Yes. And like because I've seen a lot of people that, that are not in that position. And I, I think it's just allowed to take a step back and go like, man, I got a roof over my head. I got my, my, my dogs and my family I love more than anything. I got my health back, and, and, and it'll just be grateful. Uh, and I think, too, entertainment-wise, we'll be grateful for the things we, we kind of got used to. But, like, having access to be to go to a wrestling match or a football game or, like you said, baseball, you know, it's something that I don't think we'll, a lot of people won't take for granted anymore. Absolutely, man. Like, I've become so grateful for my family because of this year. I mean, I've, I was always grateful, but – you need time sometimes to sit down and really think about how truly blessed you are. Like I live with my fiance. She's amazing. And my two daughters and like, you know, being home a lot more this year. Cause you know, wrestling, even like after WWE going on the Indies, I'd wrestle four or five days a week and be home twice a week. I've been home twice a week for the last four years. Yeah. And this year in 2020, I, I, I've still been able to go to the States that are open and wrestle. Like this weekend, I went to Tennessee and Florida and wrestled on Indies. But you know, if you're, wrestling twice a week at home five i'm spending a lot more time with my daughters and a lot more time with my fiance and i've gotten to know all three of them you know a lot more and i'm truly appreciative of the time i'm getting to spend with them and truly grateful and like it's to the point where now when i go out and wrestle like you know in the middle of the shows i'm like man i miss my family can't wait to get home you know it's only been a day (laughs) so very blessed and you know like i've really opened my eyes to how blessed i am and it's really helped me progress as a human being for sure man that's so great to hear it too it reminds you of what is important and you like you you build these relationships and and you get to grow closer with your family but like i I look at it as like because the problem is the problem it's going on in the world and it if we focus on that and just complain about it all the time it kind of brings more problems but you realize I have this, I'm just going to focus on this and be happy in the moment. And you can actually find greater happiness in a time when uh, when that's not the case for everyone. And I, I think that's a great thing and being able to go back on the road and it actually, you'll, it like that will last forever. That's not going to go away, I feel like. So that's a good thing. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love to perform. You know, I've been blessed to have done it on, you know, every level from in front of seven people in front of 75,000 people. And I love it. I, I'll always love it. But I mean, I've really just found this like extreme love for my family that I mean, I, I've always loved my family. But this year, just sitting down and spending more time with them has really meant a lot. And it's really just opened my eyes to like, again, like how lucky I am and how yeah. grateful I am to have them in my life, for sure. You just brought up something, though, it's, and I wanted to ask you about that because like, in wrestling in front of smaller crowds and, and then experiencing WWE crowds, I mean, it is, to me, it's the one thing I miss more than anything is that that adrenaline. And I always say I'm an energy-based wrestler. Like, I need a crowd because it makes it, like, I, I've done, I've been developmental. We've wrestled in FCW and OVW and Deep South Wrestling. We didn't do live events down there, but OVW and FCW when I was there. We'd wrestle in front of some small crowds. And it's it always was great. It's always, but man, like there's nothing like wrestling in front of thousands of people at WrestleMania. What was that like for you? Would having because you had all you've been we're on the Indies 14 years, right before WWE yeah. the break. Yeah. So Absolutely. what was that like for you? It was man, like <laughs> like like I said, I loved performing, and yeah, the more the merrier to be. Like it was never like nerve wracking. Like the only nerve like. Because I, 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 the more people, I, just the more happy I am about it. Like, this is awesome. There's a, all these people here, and we get to entertain all these people. It's going to be fun. Like, I always cared about doing a good a good job, like, whether yeah. it's in front of 70 people or 75,000. Like like you said, I did 14 years on the indies, and up until that point, I the biggest crowd, until I got to WWE, the biggest crowd I wrestled in front of was maybe 1,500 people. Like a, Wow. You know, which is, you know. A lot amazing. still, though. Yep. Yeah, like for an independent guy, like 1,500, they hear that number like, yes, we hit a home run. Like, you know, because yep. a lot of indie shows, that is a home run. And, you know, I get to WWE, and all of a sudden, like my third match there, I'm wrestling for the WWE title in front of <laughs> like 7,000 people, you know, yep. and like on a, you know, SmackDown, episode of SmackDown. And, you know, I just, I love it, man. I embrace it. The adrenaline's fun. And one, especially once I started getting comfortable, like at first I'm working with AJ and I have so much respect for AJ. Nervous I, a little I, probably. Yeah. Like in my home, well, especially I didn't know I was the first time I wrestled him. I didn't know I was wrestling him until that day. Um, I like, from what I was understanding that, that they were hinting toward, I was going to be working with the Miz and like the Miz is, so, seems like so easy to work with. And so, so oh, he is. There, yeah. Yeah. And like, I get there and they're like, "Yo, you're working with AJ," and I'm like, "This is the best wrestler in the world, in my humble opinion." Right? This yeah. Guy, he's he's the modern day Shawn Michaels. He's respected everywhere. I'm wrestling, so I got nervous, and like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm always a good nervous to where I'm like, okay, I just want to do a good job. I'm like pumped, and the, you know, the nerves kick in. But when I heard I was wrestling him, I was like nervous, nervous, and you know, then you you add the fact that he's the champion and you're, you're just getting here and it's front of thousands of people and millions watching at home. I, I was so nervous. But after I experienced that a few times, I really got relaxed and just started having a blast working in front of that many people. I remember yeah. the, the Royal Rumble uh, in San Antonio was in front of 55,000 people and I was number 11 in it and they hit my music and got a nice reaction. I remember that pumped me up so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's I do miss those experiences too, man. Being in front of that many people and them reacting because you can be in front of that many people, and they still, if they don't react, it'll sound like there's fifty people there. Yeah. And fortunately for me, that had happened a lot. Like they were always reacting, whether I was a babyface or as a heel, and I and I appreciated that so much because you don't want to be out there in front of fifty five thousand people and nobody saying a word. That's probably not no. good. You know. You know, and I've experienced that when I debuted as Ryback, actually, and taking on funny local competitors for, for months on end, that initially they didn't know how to, the crowd didn't, I was off of TV, I'd had the run as Skip Sheffield, which was very short with Nexus and, and NXT, so it was like starting over all again, it's like, who's this guy, and they don't really know how to take you, and I remember those first like three or four weeks were, it was, I think the first three weeks, it was it was a lot more, it was quiet. And we went to England. I did a match with a guy in England, and it was really quiet in England. And then all of a sudden, I, it might have been week four or five, right, there was a guy, uh, Benny Kamer, and he took the clothesline, unbelievable. And the crowd, like, finally reacted in, a, like, a really, really positive way. And after that, it, like, it makes all the difference in the world, though, from a performer, like, sitting in Gorilla, and, like, you hear your music, 
And if, whether you're a baby face or heel, when you get the reaction on that, like, man, it like pumps you up because it's, you know, you're going out there and live on TV in front of thousands of people. There's no better feeling, in my opinion. Man, I have a funny story. So in 2012, when you were doing that, uh, beating the local competitors, I kept sending stuff in to try to be one, you know, one of like, because you would take two guys and hit them to finish at the same time. Yeah. And I'm a smaller guy. I'm like, oh, man, because I, I had never had a match with WWE in 2012. You know, I'd be an extra here and there. So I'm like, here's my opportunity. They're doing two at a time. I'm a small guy. He can hit me with the finish. He'll, he'll I'll get picked because I'm small. Like, so I'm sending stuff in and here's the funny story. They go, oh man, you got like tattoos on your arm. Like, oh, we don't know if we can use you because of that. Oh. So when I did the Strowman thing, I kept my shirt on all day. So they wouldn't see my tattoos. Really? Because <laughs> like, I thought of that. I didn't get picked to work with you because that, that's what they were, you know, they come up with stuff. Every come up with anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kept my, I was so nervous. They were going to say something about my tattoos. When I worked with Strowman, I kept my shirt on all it, even in Gorilla, as soon as they said, all right, go f- uh, from Gorilla to the ring, then I finally took it off and threw it down and walked through the curtain. I was like, well, they can't stop me now. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a funny story. I'm smart guy, though, because there's a very good chance that you never, that, that very, that, that could that could be a thing. I You hear a million different reasons for things they'll come up with, but if that was a thing, there's a chance that that could have been a thing again and, and prevented that opportunity because who's to say? I was going to tell you, I had that down like, People don't understand. Like to me, I think it's a testament to you how well you're able to play play the roles that you're given. That because I've, I've wrestled a lot of local quote unquote local competitors, the guys that were there, and they're there to, to put you over, and, and they're all been amazing, and I'll be forever thankful for every guy I've worked with in that position. That because it, it's such a they're in a very tense situation of really high pressure, and oftentimes it's the first time they're on TV. And everyone I ever was out there with, I mean, delivered home run time and time again. But for the the, the focus is never on the local like local competitors don't get hired like on that typically like it's not like that's not a common thing. So when I listened to your your episode on, with Chris Van Vliet, I love Chris, and it was a great great podcast. And but to be able to get signed and to get Vince McMahon's attention for on a match that he's most usually in a guy like Braun in that he's in his developmental stage of that, of getting over on, on a singles run, like to be able to, to get everyone's attention on that is such a great story to me. Yeah, man. Like I always tell everybody, cause I'll see a lot of guys do like enhance the talent jobs and, and that's cool for them. And they get to be on TV. And you know, like, I think a lot of them think they're going to get signed. Some of them, you know, they're like, Oh, maybe this, I'm like, no, they're, you're there. And I thought this when I wrestled Strowman, you're there because you don't look like a superstar. Next yeah. to this guy, you're making he looks so much like a superstar compared to you. That's why you're in this spot. Enjoy it, embrace it, know your role. Not to quote the rock, but know your like <laughs> and have and have fun with it. Like when I did the the um match with Strowman, like when I was on the indies, I would spike my hair up in a mohawk and all of this. Like when I did the match with Strowman, I slicked it back, I wore black tights, like I looked so much like a quote unquote jobber because I and I was embracing it. I was like, this is my role. I, I'm not gonna try to spike my hair up so they're like, what the hell is this kid have a mohawk for? Or what you know, I just kind of looked as plain as I possibly could, black tights, red boots, a slick bag hair. And um I think very fortunate for me, like I got and they did it with you too, where the enhancement talent got to cut a promo, basically say their last words before they get killed. Mm-hmm. They did that with you, I remember too. And I remember them telling me that, yeah, we're going to do this every week with Strowman. Like, he's going to, uh, you know, Hensman Talent's going to say their last words before they, you know, they yeah. get taken to the uh, the chair, basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, and I remember that was the coolest part to me. I was like, I get to cut a promo. And all the indies, like, like I was kind of a pain to the ass. Like, I would cut a promo even if the promoters tell me not to because I just like <laughs> it. Yep. You're a smart and, guy, though. You're very smart. Because that's that's how you tell the stories, you know? Yep. and. And I like, and that's a, they said that's what first grabbed Vince's attention on how good the promo was. It, it just because you know, like a guys that I became friends with were in Gorilla, you know, watching Vince watch this, and they were like, "Man, that caught his attention." And then he was just watching the way you sold and your facial expressions and all the stuff that's very important for television. And you know, like I, I don't know, you know, it was just a perfect storm to me. It was a perfect opponent. You know, if, if I was wrestling, let's say. 
I don't know, I was like Finn Balor's debut. If I wrestled him, he's just a little bit bigger than me, a lot better shape. Yeah. But it would, I think it would have just been, oh, he beat me and nobody would have ever thought of me again. I think that because it was Strowman, he was. So Huge size bigger. difference, too, where it really amplified it. Like, yeah. It's just perfect storm, man. Like, got to talk, got got to wrestle the biggest guy there, got to sell for him. Like, it was just everything just, land, you know, 14 years of doing indies, doing American Legions and bingo halls and gymnasiums and all that stuff we go through, which I love. I, like, to this day, I still love going to places like that because those are the, the real hardcore wrestling fans that are going to those shows. Like, you know, they care a lot. That's why they're there. And – you know, just all that stuff I went through and just if for a perfect storm like that to happen meant so much to me. And I'm, I'm very fortunate for sure. You want to know what my opinion, I think, why it got Vince's attention. And this is why I say you're smart is because WWE and pro wrestling, this is what I'm in really, truly a fan of is storytelling. And it was a very basic, simple story. But the story was made with the, with the promo that any man with two hands has a fighting chance because th then the match with Punch and Braun, you you told a small story yep. in that, and it wasn't just a promo that had nothing to do with the match. That pro it made that match, and then with Braun's intensity and physicality and the size different difference, that was the perfect storm. But I think, in my opinion, because Vince is able to look at talent and he, he's he's a very smart man, where he can see he's not going to look at you, he's not going to say maybe that's my next main event champion, but he sees something in you where. He knows that you could play a multitude of roles, most likely. And he may not know even what it is, but he knows you know how to tell a story. As simple as the story may be. And that's what I think really it, it made you stand out in that. And it's it's a cool thing because but you had that experience of learning and you know you 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 asked to get that that in. To me, was is a genius and it takes balls to even to do that is to get you got yourself like a catchphrase. But you got it in, in in the right way that told the story for the match, which ultimately and it was to put him over, but it got you over at the same time. Yeah, like, so I knew I was punching him twice. That's why I thought of that line. And it's kind of from Rocky Five, but with a twist. Yep. Like, because Rocky Five says, well, you know, we figured if you have two hands, you, you always have a chance. He says yep. that in Rocky Two, just that. But I added my own little, you know, twist to it and because I knew I was hitting him twice. And, like, I always put over Jimmy Jacobs, who – is a fantastic human being, and he was a great writer there. Um, and I asked him, I said, hey, is it okay if I say this? Like, I asked permission. And he's like, yeah, it's a great line. Yeah, man, go ahead. Go ahead and say it. Get it in there. So if, if he would have said no, I would have never said it. So, yeah, I, like, I, I, <laughs> I'll never forget him saying okay to that. Cause I, and I remember the next day I saw him at SmackDown, um, Jimmy Jacobs, and he, and he came up and he said, man, we – you did a great job last night. They're they're happy with you know Arn Anderson was the producer, which I love Arn, and uh, Jacobs was the writer for it. And, and, you know they were getting high praise for that whole segment, and you know they they made both of them made sure to thank me. I'm like because they're like you made our job easy, and it was just so cool, man. I'll I always say that's my best match because that's how I got noticed and that's how I got a job, and I I, I don't think I've ever sold better than that or cut a better promo than that. Like yep. I did everything perfectly i don't think i could ever do it that good ever again like honestly yeah. like, you know well i heard on the chris van vliet show you talk about that and braun and, and you're like because it, it, it's intense when you're out there on live tv and i could tell you and I, like, I always said this told to me especially with the local competitors i would hang out with them all day and talk to them and like make sure they knew like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hurt you like i want like this is but this I, this is to make me and like i there was i had to have that understanding with them and that they knew they could trust me and they all met, and that's my opinion why it works so good because we had that trust. But people don't understand. Like there's walkthrough, and then there's game speed, and and like in those matches, and Braun, you know, Braun is is a big strong dude, and and he can't. The last thing you could do, and this was always taught in developmental, and when I got up there, and from Vince himself, like you go out there and you gotta look like a monster in how you work. If you throw fluff, you're gonna be that's his ass. So it's like, but and I was always taught hit hard in safe places when you got to lay it in on certain occasions. And as you get going and you're working in different things, you could, you could, that can 
you could ease up at that at times, depending too on who you're working. But for those matches specifically, you got to lay it in. And I heard you on the the Chris Van Vliet show, and I laughed because I was like, oh, I know how he felt probably. Or no, I don't know how he felt, but I remember <laughs> being on the other guy in that. So, <laughs> Well, you guys work work out very hard at the gym to, to beat up guys like us that don't work out as hard. <laughs> so, we got we to take our, you know, take our licks and keep on kicking. Um, yeah, like the cameras are right up on you. It's live television. Yeah. You gotta make it look good. Like it hurts. It's always gonna hurt. You're never gonna get used to it. It's no. pain. You never. You can never get used to any pain in your life. But you know, I understood that, and I, you know, I've been hit hard before. Not as hard as that. <laughs> but I'm, and like, you, it is what it is, man. And you gotta understand that. And I yeah. like Braun. He did a great job that night too. I mean, like, if he would have eased up on me, maybe I don't get a job too. He like, maybe people felt sorry for me because he was killing me. You know. And, yep. I, and I again, and maybe I don't know. I'm not there right now, but maybe that's what Vince wants out of his bigger guys right now is, is that more of that intensity and more of that. Oh, he does 100. You, know? you got to That I'm telling you that is there's in Gorilla. I don't know if it was there when because you were there after I left full time, but in Gorilla there was always. Uh, I always remember intensity was always he. They had intensity up, and I was always taught that from Bill DeMott and Deep South Wrestling because that's what Vince. Like and, and I got to got the privilege of being in the ring with Chris Benoit, like Deep South Wrestling, and experiencing like that was the first time I ever experienced another like real intensity, and I never forgot that. And I I, I credit that and build them up for a lot of my success on on making money because no matter what you're doing, if you can just make people believe with that intensity, that's what Vince because you, you get him to feel that emotion that he's not watching wrestling and like that is so important. And like, yeah, and it's cool that you got to do Deep South and a Florida Championship Wrestling, like all that stuff. Like, I didn't get to do NXT in the Performance Center. Like, a lot of people, some people, not a lot of people, some people tell me sometimes, oh, man, you got to skip that stuff and go right to the main roster. I said, no. Like, I didn't get to go to the Performance Center. I didn't get to do NXT, and I wish I yeah. could for no, no, a number of reasons. Number one, I want that knowledge. I want to train with the best in the world. I want to be on NXT, like where, you know, your, your agents are awesome and they're getting you ready. And I, I want all that. Also as a businessman, I know that they have time and money invested in the people that went through the performance center and people that went through NXT and it's longevity, it's job security, yeah. for, you know, for a lot of years, not maybe for 10 or 15 for some of them, but for a lot of, you know, you'll at least get, you like, I got, after everything, I was there 2016, 17, and some in 2018. So I got between two and three years out of it. Yeah. If you go through the Performance Center and you go through NXT, you're going to get seven, eight years out of it. Nine I was there my whole adult life, yeah, in the different system. Like, it was it, – and you, you, get, you get to form relationships, too, before you ever get there. It, it is very beneficial on that. But I do think, too, with you having that indie experience, you've got a different set of experience, and I think clearly – did a good job because every role you played, it's not easy to go up there and to, and to get over one way or the other. It's not an easy task. And you were always able to get over no matter what the role was. So I like, I can only imagine if you had that experience too, in that like, it would, it, I do see what you're saying. It would, it would, it really can be very beneficial, but like, I thought you hit home run after home run in all the roles that you played. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. That's because I always cared about the reactions, even on yeah. the independents. Like, like, you know, I would see people like talking over their matches and they just care about what move they're doing or what stuff to yeah. get in. And, and I'm like, and I, you know, if I'm in Tennessee and I look at the crowd, I'm like, okay, these, these are, these are people that are going to be, they just want to be played with and messed with and be a part of the show. Yep. Like, I don't, like I can, I can do a moonsault. I can do a four. I don't want to break my knees and do that personally. Like I, anybody that can do that stuff, it does it on a daily basis. Hats off to them. It's amazing. Yeah. But like, I just, they want to be told a story. Like you touched on earlier. Like if I'm in like a town, you know, a state like Tennessee and I'm out there and they just want, you know, and I can get over by just being a, a chicken beep, you know, and like, yep. and, and telling that story. And then finally, you know, I'm running from the cat and the cat finally catches the mouse. And now the cat's mauling the mouse who has been bothering yeah. him, you know, and then I, I worked with uh, Matt Riddle, at, like in a, you know, in New Orleans before WrestleMania, when it's all the, you know, the, the smarter fans, you know, yep. and I knew I was, they were going to hate me. They don't like my character. I beat their hero, AJ style, you know, like, I know yeah. they ain't going to like me. And so I remember 
they were talking about, um, you know, like basically the way they were setting it up is he was the heel and I was the baby face. And I knew better. I said, no, they love him and they don't like a, a James Ellsworth type character. This is good. This is a good, great match that they put together. People are going to be into it, but I have to be the heel. So I, like that's, you know, and I, I had a great trainer in Axel Rotten and he always told me wrestle and, you know, wrestle for the crowd you're in front of. Yeah. Like every crowd's different. Every, you know, kind of what, especially if you're not on first, watch the show, see how the people react and what they're reacting to and, and know what market you're in. Yep. And John Cena, man, like I, every house show, I would watch him go out there. And I learned a lot from him. Oh my yep. God. Like just so much knowledge. I would watch him go out there and, and towns, maybe like, you know, Chicago and, when he's making his entrance, they're booing him out the building. And then by the time that match is over, they're, they're cheering him. Yep. Like he just knew what to do to, to make them change their mind. And he knew what crowd he was in front of it. You know, he know if he's like wrestling AJ styles in Chicago, he knew he was going to get booed going out there. Yeah. So he would have to do certain things to make them change their mind. And I would sit there and watch him do that time and time again. And it didn't matter how many times I see him do it. It would amaze me. Every single I, same thing. here. He would, uh, he, but he did it through hard work and storytelling. Yes. And I think that you brought up a, a good thing. There's like you had that experience of working in different towns as an independent wrestler that maybe a lot of developmental talent or some don't have that you're able to go out there and you realize that, you know, you bring up, you could do a 450 splash, but you know, you can get a better reaction or equivalent or better reaction through storytelling in, in saving yourself that bump for the night, which is a very, very, not everyone has that. And it's, it's very important. And like, for me, when I hear you tell that, it's like, if I'm doing a match and you could do a 450 splash, I don't want you doing a bunch of cool stuff in the match. What I want to do is I want to take it away from you time and time again, mm -hmm. time and where you keep trying to hit that 450 and you can't, you can't get it off. Where finally towards the end of the match, the loudest reaction we're going to get is if you could finally hit that 450 or if I'm going over right. somehow taking it away one light, however we're going to do it and, and get out of it for the finish to get heat, but tell a story with one move and then you fill it in with other stuff rather than, or we could go out and just do a bunch of things and, but you can get a louder reaction actually if you just put a story in there. And no matter how simple the story is, but you realize that. So that's good. Right. And and no matter how simple the move is either. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about the 450. Like, I don't want to do a 450 because I don't want people to expect it of me all the time and yeah. pull me out. Like yep. I don't want to do it. So people, You're that are, smart. people that are watching this yeah. are going, oh, I want to see you do it now. Not happening. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like Randy Orton. He protects his finish so much, and yep. anybody can do a cut. And there's people in doing the same move on other channels or on even the, maybe the, not the same show because they make sure other people don't. Yeah, but they're doing the same move. It's not getting over because people are getting up from it or people are kicking out. He protects it yep. to the point where the RKO is the most over finish in wrestling and has yep. been for the last 15 years. Yeah, like people need to realize how ridiculously awesome that is. That. His finish, the RKO, which is just a diamond, you know, a cutter, is still to this day and has been for 15 years the most popular finish in wrestling yeah. because of the story he tells with it and because he protects it. Not like when That's people huge. kick out of it, it's in a big match. When they kick out of it, it's in a big match every now and then, and it doesn't happen all the time. Nope. And that, that's, and it's just, and you know, like my daughter, give me an RKO right now and I'd be able to take it from her. It's an easy thing to do, but the story he tells and the way he teases it and the way he protects it, it makes it mean something. And like, I, I used to super kick and, you know, David O'Tong started calling it the no chin music, which was great. <laughs> and when I, <laughs> I loved it. He's funny. Oh, he was, I loved him. He was He's a great funny. commentator. Yeah, I, I hope they start using them more. I don't know what the story is, but I, I really enjoyed them. Yep. But um, yeah, like on so on indie shows, I'll always tease the super kick, and then finally when I hit it, if I'm a face or a heel, like it, it always works. Like I just wrestled um in Florida, uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, Sunday, and I wrestled a, a a girl, and I hit I hit the kick at the end, and instead of going for the cover, I'm flexing to the crowd and doing all this, the Hulk Hogan stuff. And, you know, I laid with my back on her to pin her and put my muscles up. One, two, and then she crucifixed me. One, two, three, big yep. guy. You know? <laughs> Just stuff like that, man. And that's It what works. 
it's just that that storytelling that, and like you were touching on you can tell a story out of any move any any simple thing and i had a good trainer like i said i can't stress enough how good axel rot was he traveled the world i always tell people when they're getting into the business find someone to to train with that did it for a living go to canaan and dr tom's school go to the boy oh man dr tom one of my favorites goes that's great advice on that yeah, he, he has a school in Tennessee. I recently just saw him um, in September. Lawler had his 50-year uh, and wrestling anniversary show, and Dr. Tom was there. And I'm like, man, if I was getting into business, I don't care where. Like, I had no kids, and I was young. I would go to his school, and, and you know, yep. Kane helps with his school, too. They have a school together in Tennessee, in Knoxville. I, I'd go to a school like that. That's the uh, advice. When people ask me for advice, I'm like, find a trainer that has done this for a living, who's made money off of this. Yeah. Because – if you don't like whose school are you going to what have they done look at their resume yeah. what have they you know and anyone can like, teach you moves most likely it's it's yeah. not everyone can teach you psychology and when and where to use those moves which i think all people sometimes get a little they like with old school people they get upset with because they don't they they it's not that they're nobody hates the wrestling moves the wrestling moves have always existed right people have done cool things it used to just be there's a way to do it at time and place that will get a, a maximum reaction and in storytelling, and it will also help you make more money long term and save your body and by getting equal reactions, telling a story. And like that's where sometimes I think they, they miss that and say, like, no, no, like I'll never I love flips. I love that. I like I love working guys that can do it. I like just being able to, to put it in the right spot so that it's not the whole match that's meaningless. And it makes everybody more money with that. But Dr. Tom has a fundamental understanding of that at the highest level. Like, like Matt Seidel does the most beautiful flippy move out of everybody. Mm -hmm. A shoot and start, but during the match, he'll climb to the top for it, and people will knock him off the ropes or he'll get thrown off and tease it. And, and then finally when he hits that, man, it's, it is pretty. I like watching it too. When he hits it, it means something, and he's pinning him with it. Like, yep. you, know, you know, it's got to look like it hurts. Like, the rig has to look like it hurts. When people are getting dropped on their head and get, you know, tombstone, yeah. flipped into tombstone, and they're getting up, I'm like, do you realize you're making it look like the ring doesn't hurt? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I've too with that I've disconnected from with where I like I find I go, you know what though? I go and I can't wait to get back. And I go, if people are always and I try not to like judge and anything, I go, I just right. all I can control is my match. And right. I go, if that's how everyone wants to work, my match is gonna stand out a lot more and I'm okay with that. Like it's wow, yeah, that's a good yeah. way of thinking about it. Wow. it but product-wise, it might not be the best overall, but it's like it, it's people are gonna work how they want to work at the end of the day. And I, 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 all of I go, you know what? All I can do is just make them try to believe my match is real as much as possible. Is is in storytelling and get them invested. I quit, like I was like, because I used to like, ah, don't do that. But it's hard when you watch because you care about the product. But I was like, not everyone has had that 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 education though either. Uh, right. Being around a doctor, Tom, or somebody that has the psychology and been in the business, so that is great advice. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that like when I watch, I watch wrestling all the time. Like, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys. Oh, I don't watch it, and it actually does watch it. Like, I watch it all the time. Same. Like, you, I'm sure you do the same thing where you're watching it, you're talking to yourself, and you're like, wait, wait, let me just enjoy this. Like, like I don't critique anybody. Like you said, they're gonna work the way they want to work. Yeah, I have fun watching it. I enjoy things on every wrestling show that's out there. There is something on there that I enjoy to watch. So, yeah. you know, I never judge. I never say a bad word about anybody online. Which is what we're supposed to do, by the way. Just focus on what you like because we're not going to like everything no matter what. Like, that's Absolutely. great. Great point. Absolutely. I don't, like I said, I, I, I try not to say a bad word about anybody. I don't, it, it just, all that negativity doesn't, you know. So when I watch, if I don't like something, I just don't watch that part of the show. Like, you know what I mean? If, I, if I'm watching, yeah. like yesterday, I didn't watch any of the show because the Ravens were ruined and, yeah. you know, just super Ravens fan here <laughs> so like i but when i do watch if, if there's something that i know i'm not gonna like or i'm not feeling this with any tv show if it's a sitcom a movie if i'm not feeling it i'm not gonna put one like line like oh man this part of the movie sucked and he his acting was terrible at this part you know i don't like you know i just i don't watch it like i i there's a show i love because of the storytelling right now it's called for life it's on abc on, on wednesdays if anybody hasn't seen for life it is one of the most amazing really? television shows check it you'll love it it's about a guy okay. who went for went to prison for something he didn't do and he was saying i'm innocent i'm innocent i'm innocent and and in prison he found a loophole to become a lawyer while he's in prison there's like a loophole where he could in the state of new york and as he's in prison he becomes a lawyer and he's like a lawyer for the uh, prisoners in there and it's, oh wow i don't want to give away too much but 
it's just and he starts being his own lawyer. I won't give it away, but he starts. They're on okay. Season, yeah, they're on season two now. And every week I watch that show. You're invested. Oh, I'm so like tomorrow. It comes on tomorrow at 10 o'clock. The the mid-season finale, which I hate mid-season finales because, I mean, it's good for them to do because then you're, you're, it leaves you with wanting more. Yep. And you're like, oh, man, now i got to wait till April to see this. <laughs> you know, but that's what, that's good. I remember yeah. being that way with Sons of Anarchy when I watched that whole thing. Being, like when the guys started getting killed off and being like, like I was so invested. And I was like, no, and, like it, where you're just like, it's or Walking Dead when it was hot. Like yeah. and the characters and like you don't want to see anyone die. You're like, who who could possibly die? Like that, that storytelling at its finest and becoming invested in characters. Oh, it's just like wrestling. You, somebody dies, there's a big pop. There's a big, oh, yep. you know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Sons of Anarchy, I loved to watch every episode. I've seen every episode of Walking Dead, even though, like, it's not as good as it was, especially the first two seasons are yep. amazing. Yeah. Like, Shane, you know, it's crazy. Like, and it, this goes back to wrestling, too. Shane was my favorite character on The Walking Dead. Yep. He lasted two seasons. Yep. We're on season 11, and I still miss Shane, and I still remember Shane. Yep. And I, I hope that's, like, what people think about me in a way. It's like, yeah, I maybe I lasted two seasons. But like ten years from now, maybe they're like, "Hey, remember that guy? I like that." You know, just hope to hear that entrance music one more time. And <laughs> right, right. Well, I hope to hear your entrance music one more time. As soon as we're done with this, I'm gonna find it. Rock out. <laughs> you know what I wanted to ask you the the um the with your wrestling training because I got to wrestle a tag match with him with with Bruiser R J Meyer. Was he part and part of your training too coming up? Yes. So when I started training, it was in 2002. I was 17 years old, four years removed from high school. And I had gotten to know RJ the two years prior, just going to indie shows and watching him wrestle. And I would always go up to him and others there and go, hey, I, you know, as soon as I'm, I'm done with high school, I'm going to I'm going to start to train. I'm going to go to you guys at school. And they're like, all right, man. All right. So I remember RJ the first day of training in 2002. He goes, oh, you finally made it. I said, hey, man, I had to graduate high school first. <laughs> you know, and he was a great guy, phenomenal guy, yeah. willing to help anybody. Like, just one of those people that, like, was hard on you in a good way. Yep. Like, you know, if you were doing something wrong, he would explain it in his own way because he cared. You know, and he would do it in a funny way. Not not bury you, but, like, a funny way just so you understood. Yeah. And. Like, I remember in wrestling training, we, we used to, uh, like, my first few matches were birthday party matches. Like, you know, they would do birthday parties at the school, and, and people would come in, and, and we'd give them two matches. So, like, a lot of, you know, our first matches were birthday parties, and I remember one of them being against him. And he and in the match, he picked me up for a gorilla press, and I'm, and I'm going, I'm not ready for this bump. I've never taken this bump. And he goes, yeah, you are. And he sat, sat me down <laughs> so perfectly, you know, and yep. there's other stories of guys that had the same thing happen to him and he he was awesome man like he like i think if he really tried he um he would have definitely been a big name in the wrestling business i think he was just very content on being a local guy around here and i mean he's he got to work with a lot of uh, big names including yourself as you yeah. said he did a feud with waller you know did a couple match feud with him i i mean he's worked with i'd say probably if i had to guess a number between 25 and 30 big name wrestlers because yeah um, the guys running that show knew and understand that he would, you know, give them a good match and he would never get a complaint and he never did. Yep. And unfortunately he had leukemia only 44 years old. It's just yeah. bad luck, terrible luck. And, you know, it, uh, I went visit him in the hospital uh, last year and he was fighting it. And, you know, he, he, he was very, you know, just wanted to get past it and fight it. And just bad luck, man. Like, leukemia can, I, I don't know much about it, but I, I feel like it can happen to anybody. It's just one of those things. And, um, yeah, he just passed about a month ago. I think a month ago today, uh, to be exact. And, yeah, I I remember when I got signed to WWE, he messaged me. and was like, hey, man, I'm happy for you. You know, keep living, you know, go live the dream. You know, keep in touch. And, all, like, just such a good guy just fun to be around very funny and yeah i'm glad you got to work with him though because you understand what i'm saying you know he was I, I was in a lot of pain for that because he did a tag match they helped protect me because i was i was really that was really bad when i'd left and i needed they told me i needed the five disc fusion and shoulder replacement and luckily with all the stem cells i'm all better now but i was that was kind of in the beginning of that process and so he was doing me a huge favor by doing a tag match so that i could it was i was having it was getting pretty rough but I remember, man, like he was so cool and kind, like just a good guy. We took a photo with him and his kid, and like he looked so healthy and he was so happy. 
and it made me happy because he and like the crowd was awesome for our match, and like we did some like cool little things together, and I just it was man, it's uh, it's crazy. Just like you know, I remember, I go, damn, like he's so young, like life. You just make you got to be grateful for each day because it can. You never know when it's your time. It you know. Oh, every day is a gift, man. Like, yeah. What eventually, and we don't know when. That's the scariest part for me, man. Like we don't know when. You, you can go, oh man, I'm healthy. I'm you know I'm 36 years old. I'm healthy. I, I can you know, I can live to 80. It's not up to me. Like I don't know. And you gotta people really don't understand that, and I think they need to. And if yeah. they really comprehend that, they they maybe leave other people alone and they you know just enjoy their life. Yep. You know, and it's like him, 44, great shape. I mean, he really yeah. got in the good shape. He was always a big guy, and but he got cut up and looked good and, and you know, took care of himself. And 44 years old, it's just, it can happen at any time. It can happen to anybody. And, you know, you just got to, you got to enjoy life. I, I can't stress yep. that enough. I always do something that helps me, a little phrase is, I get to over I have to. And I always remind myself because sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to go do this or I have to go do that. Or I go, no, I get to. Like I get to wake up every day. I get to I get to do the podcast. I get to talk to people. I get to go, I get to go work out. I've had my health taken away where I couldn't work out. Like I was like, every day is an opportunity that we get to live. And it really for me is I have it written down in my kitchen so that I look at when I go in my fridge, if I'm ever having like upset over something business-wise or feeling sorry for myself. Like I get to, and it changes, it kind of changes my outlook for the, to, like just a little reminder. Yeah, man. And like I said earlier, uh, I just like my kids just watching them grow up and helping them with school and, you know, just take them to places like to see Christmas tree lights and, and yep. like stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm not worried about my problems. Like this is what I'm worried about. Cause just yeah. like that, you know, they're, you know, I don't like all the money I made at WWE dude, I have a touch because I don't yeah. need anything. I don't need nothing. Like I have yeah. a house. I had a house before WWE. I've, I've always worked hard in my life. I make sure they're taken care of. And like, to me, that's, you know, cause I understand they, you know, like uh, they should be here after I'm gone and I want them to always be taken care of. And that really keeps me level headed. And I don't, you know, I just uh, enjoyed my days with them first and foremost. And then even if I'm by myself, I make sure I'm doing something that I enjoy because it's, it's going to be over one day. So. Yeah. No, you're a smart man and live and live within your means and, and be smart. Sometimes people, you start making money and I've seen it with like, you start spending a lot more money and that money can go really quickly. And we've seen it with a lot of wrestlers and that's smart that you've been good with it because, and, and like you said, you have your family to keep you grounded and it's such an important thing. Man, I, I, yeah. I sat there and watched this guy. I, I, I never stooge with anybody. I won't say his name, but <laughs> by a, like a, five thousand dollar or something rolex in an airport and i go yeah like I, you know i just like to have fun with people i go man what, what do you need to buy, spend five thousand dollars on that i was like the time's right here and i showed him my phone i said look it's yep. 10 30 in the morning like it says it right here yeah <laughs> just, I don't those rolexes that. are not cheap i've seen those in those in the airports or if you're traveling to dubai or wherever they have those rolex stores and those those watches man that, that's that money can go really quick if you start going that route because it doesn't last. You know, and I've done, I've experienced it working in the main event in, for a year and making it, it, it's amazing money at the time more than anything. But then, and then getting downgraded and working actually harder, making way less. And like it's, you never know there and you don't know when it's going to end. And it's, uh, you got to be smart. And that makes me happy to hear that. Yeah, man, like, I know, and I don't know if a lot of people remember, the, well, I know they remember the match, but I don't know if they understand, like, when you and Punk did that Hell in a Cell match, it did, yeah. like, such a huge buy rate for a B yeah. pay-per-view, like, which I don't know if you could call Hell in a Cell a B pay-per-view, but it's not SummerSlam, it's not Survivor Series, WrestleMania. Yeah, not, it wasn't part of the big four. Yeah, yeah. And, and you guys, I remember, because I, I look at all those numbers and everything, Yeah, and I, it's just fun for me, I don't, you know, because, like, I'll touch on that in a minute. Like, um, but I remember you guys doing a big buy rate for that. And back in those days, you you get paid off of you know that. Like, yeah. That now they have the network and you know. which ended that that actually was one of the last pay per views I think that we those because the network came shortly thereafter, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and um, it was, yeah, it was yeah, probably that year or the year after. It's it was it wasn't short, but like 
Yeah, I, I like looking at the numbers. It's fun, and I like. I think people. It, it, it's fun for me to watch people on the internet talk about it because I don't think they understand it too much. You know? Yeah, like like NXT for instance, they're the um, you know, they're the up and coming guys that are just getting on TV, and and they're like, it's like, okay, if you have the Yankees, let's say the WWE is the Yankees, right? And the Yankees have a triple-A ball club, okay, yep. which I bet you people out there without Googling it would be able to tell me who the Yankees triple-A ball club even is. Yeah. But if if the Tampa Bay Rays were low the toting pole in baseball, more people know the Tampa Bay Rays because they have more stars on their team yeah. than the Yankees triple-A ball club. Which is in Tampa if I'm because I'm down there. I remember, yeah. yeah. So, so when people are like, oh, man, this, this show's kicking this show's butt, I'm like, this show has – Home run hitters and grand slam hitters and legends on their show. And this other show has people that are just starting. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't like, I don't think they comprehend that. I'm like, yeah, like, no, it's a big difference. It really man. is. Like, who are you going to watch? Like, if you're watching baseball, you, are, you know, are you going to watch Martin McGuire back in 98? Or are you going to watch some guy you don't know? Well, like, if you're asking me, I'm tuning into Mark McGuire. <laughs> like, and I, don't th- I don't think people understand. Or, like, these days, hey, are you going to watch Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? Or are you going to watch some. College quarterback. That yeah. I don't know yet. He might be Great doing point. good. He might be making a name for himself. He even might be the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. But who are you going to watch? Him? No. Or Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, who are on the Star power is a very real thing. Yeah. So I, it's funny. I, I look at that and I'll go, do you guys get this? <laughs> you know, like, you know, no. you know. Great point. You know, James, One of the reason I don't want to take up too much more of your time here, I wanted to have you on, though, with everything going on. And I, and I put it in make sure for people listening with, with uh, Gilbert, Dwayne Gill, uh, that you were able to start a GoFundMe. So he, he suffered a heart attack. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. It was um, probably, if I remember correctly, a day before Thanksgiving. Um, he had his heart attack. Yep. Yeah. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And, you know, he's a, he's just a hardworking guy. He had a little run in WWE, but his run's been, you know, over for 20 years. He's had, yeah. you know, cameo appearances here and there. Um, but, you know, he, He's been doing like you know just construction for for a living, like building decks. He built my deck actually. <laughs> oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah, so we've been close. Like I've known him since I was nine years old. He's a Baltimore two guy that I'm taking it right. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've told this story time and time again, and I'll tell it again on yours for people who haven't heard it. When I was nine years old in fifth grade, and I like my family knew him, so I knew who he was from my uncle was like real good friends with him, my mom, my dad, and I saw him wrestle a Monday Night Raw against Owen Hart. And, uh, you know, as an enhancement talent. And then the next day at my school, I see him like doing renovation on the school, like hanging light bulbs. And I'm nine years old. I said, ain't you famous, Mr. Dwayne? Like, are you, I saw you on TV last night. Ain't you fam-? And he goes, oh, you'll understand one day. And <laughs> like, uh, what like, an answer that. Wow. It's, and I, I not, not only do I understand, I've experienced it. You know? like, yeah. So we've always been close. We're very, very close friends i just saw him yesterday i went and saw him and um he so he had a heart attack he can't he doesn't know if he's going to be able to build decks anymore he doesn't know if he's going to be able to help build houses anymore and do the stuff that he was doing so he's very he's lost right now he's like he had the heart attack he has two stents in his heart now two that's how he was 20 minutes away from dying the doctor told him 20 minutes really if he would have got there 20 plus minutes later he wouldn't be here right now. Wow. And so it was very severe. This, this wasn't like one of those, like, you know. Like a small, this was a, a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. He's, he can't come out of his house for, I think, another, uh, maybe six weeks or something, he said to me. I, I think Jan, sometime in January, he can finally even come out and, and, and you know, walk around and stuff. And with like COVID that. going on, too, and everything, right? It's just, this it's, is a horrible time. Everything. Oh, it's just it's the worst. So. Uh, I started to go fun for me because I don't want him stressing over bills and stre- stressing yeah. over what he's going to do in the future right away or, or anything like that. So I talked to his wife and asked her if this be something they would be interested in. And she talked to him and we all sat down together and I um, set up the GoFundMe with his wife and him all together. I've, I've never set one up before. So I was like scratching my head. Go, what are you doing? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, they, they made up a separate account for the, uh, the money to go into for them. And yeah, like we all had to figure it out together because, like I said, I've never yeah. <laughs> really had to do it. So, um, you know, and, it, and people, have, I appreciate everybody that's helped out and everybody that will help on the future with, um, you know, sending money and everything. Cause he, he, 
like I just don't want him to stress out right away after just having a heart attack about money and what he's going to do yeah. and stuff like that. So um, it, people have helped out. It, it's doing okay. I know it's right before the holidays and I know it's a pandemic and I know it's hard. So I appreciate anybody that's donated, anybody that will donate. It means a lot to me and it means a lot to him and his family. And I, and I will say that, and that link is in the description right now for the listeners and the listeners the, for the upcoming weeks, if you want to contribute anything helps in any situation like this. And they will also be in the comment section at the top of the comments. I'll have that uh, uh, pasted up there as well. And uh, so people could find that really, really conveniently uh, with all of that. But, you know, too, uh, I'll say, because I'm 11 weeks, I actually switched. I'm full vegan. I went, uh, I've been 11, 11 weeks now to the day, actually. And uh, it was the one thing I never really gave much thought or never wanted to think about because I've been so protein, protein, protein. You got to eat muscle to gain muscle. And no matter how health conscious I was, there was a lot of information. And I ate like I would eat pounds of steak and beef a day and chicken. Like I made a lot. And the the more I've learned, of the, not even changing your diet to vegan, but just fruits and vegetables are so powerful mm. that I hope – like the power of plants and, and, the, and the the different micronutrients and vitamins that our bodies process the fruits and vegetables differently than processed foods. And I never really, I didn't care to le like learn about it. I, I, I learned, I've read a lot in the last, and like last year I had Austin Aries on the show and he's, he never forced it on me. He just presented a, a, a I'll look at stuff and like, I just I hear it and I go, that just makes sense. And I go, I'm going to try it. And uh, it's been honestly, I, I like I've never felt better. I'm gaining more muscle actually because my protein. I didn't realize all the foods, all the protein content, and all these natural foods. But I hope for Dwayne because too, like heart disease is a real thing and heart mm -hmm. issues, and and with wrestlers in general, we put our bodies through such stress that hopefully just incorporating more plants and maybe not to say he hasn't. I don't I don't personally know him, but I just think it could. They, they've it's been shown to be able to reverse heart disease and different things. And you know this guy CT Fletcher, he's a big uh, in the weightlifting community. Uh, an inspiration. He's been on the Joe Rogan show. He had a heart transplant, and he he's fully plant based, and he looks as like as good as he has. Still stays muscular, and so I don't know, but hopefully, uh, just incorporating more plants could also could do a lot of good. Well, I know they gave him a list list of stuff he can't have anymore. A lot of salts, a lot of you know. Yeah. So he really has to change his life. I, I laughed when you said Austin Aries, which it's funny because you never would think like people outside looking in wouldn't think like. Austin Aries and James Ellsworth would be like people that got along, but I got along with Austin because I thought he was hilarious. He so is. Laughed. Yeah. I laughed because we, we did this, uh, one of my indie shows, I run indie shows, adrenaline championship wrestling here in Maryland. And I, I used him and uh, we're at the, we're at like a, a restaurant after the show. And my buddy Mike sit next to me and Austin sitting in front of us. My buddy Mike ordered a pizza with bacon on it. All this stuff. <laughs> I, I like the story already. Oh, man. And Austin looks up. He goes, do you realize what you're putting in your body? And, like, cut a promo on him? Yeah. <laughs> I was just laughing. Which, man, I would – I honestly, like, I, it fascinates me when people talk about eating good and all that. I I just enjoy chicken wigs so much. I, I could never Dude. get away from it. <laughs> I didn't think – I ate more than anybody. I But, you know, so here's the, the – on that, though, I think, like, because my, my health, you know – I lost my health and I had to walk away at 34 and told I needed a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement. My options, my options were very, I, I, I've had to do a lot of self-reflecting and the stem cells, thank God those exist. Uh, but I, I just started learning about, I've had this time and to be blessed and to be away from TV to learn about health and fitness. And it, so I kind of had, had a reason. Oh no. Can you hear me now? You I still think I lost the sound there on the Ryback podcast. Hold on, I'm sitting. Here. Can you hear me now? You there? Testing, testing, testing. Oh. See if it comes back. Can I can. Can you hear me now? How do I do this? Hold on, James. What I'm going to do yeah. is bring you out and in. You there? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You can hear me. I can't hear you. Ah. <laughs> but at least you can hear me. Somebody tried to call me, and I think it knocked out my. Uh, Let me see if uh, we can knock put the sound back on. Can you hear me now? We do these lives. James, is there a way for you to join back in? Unmuted. Let's see if we're trying to. 
Technical difficulties. Yeah, Testing. Can you hear me? I'm going to remove you. We'll try adding them back in one more oh. time. You there, James? Everyone in the call can see and hear me. I can't hear you, though. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see. Hold on. Let's see if uh, we'll see if James can join back in here. Guys, I wanted to wrap up the show. That's one of the unfortunate things going live is I prefer to do these live. I like the energy of the live show uh, a little better. But, um, oh, man, that really – we'll see if he joins back in. But, guys, I want you to go ahead and follow James also here on uh, social media in case I don't get him back here. He is uh, James Ellsworth Wrestling on Instagram. If you Give him a follow. And for Dwayne Gill, guys, if you get the link is in the description as well with that. If you can anything, anything helps, guys, uh, on contributing to that. Uh, it's not easy. Wait, we might have James coming back. We let's see if he testing James. Are you there? James Ellsworth, where he's thrown me a hope spot here. We're seeing if. Uh, I don't see or hear James. Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, James Ellsworth may be rejoining the show. Dun, 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 dun. Ah. I don't I don't think we're gonna get James back. We're trying one more time. James, you there? It uh, it doesn't look like we'll see if he joins in one more time. But guys, thank you very much for listening as always here. And uh, this episode is all episodes is being brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition. We're actually guys doing something really cool with that right now. Twenty percent off for December here with discount code Holiday Twenty. Also, we are giving you a free Christmas gift, a free Feed Me More Nutrition Hungry Beanie, guys, on FeedMeMore.com. All you got to do is just use discount code HUNGRY20 at checkout, and you'll get a pop-up when you click on a, whatever supplements you buy. Uh, pop-up will pop up if you want a free item for the beanie. Just click yes. It will be added to your cart, and that, and you get a free $14.99 beanie uh, with your order. All fan mail, guys, please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. James Ellsworth, we're going to try one more time. See if James could see if we can get James back on the show. He man, any man with two hands has a fighting chance, guys. Come on, we get it. I don't know if it's the, the Wi-Fi. We're gonna we're trying seeing seeing if it's loading. I'm gonna continue to do the plug zone. If James pops up, guys, it's gonna be a, a great Christmas gift here. Fuel meals, fuelmeals.com. Say fifteen percent discount code. The big guy for personal videos from yours truly. Cameo. Dot com backslash the big guy Ryback. All merchandise on Teespring at the Feed Me More store. We got Feed Me More Nutrition face masks, which are also, guys, we have the face masks coming in on feedmemore.com as well. And the, the, the free beanie is only for a limited time. And what I'll probably end up doing is eventually do the face mask. But right now, for a limited time, those $14.99 beanies, guys, are free on there on feedmemore.com. My motivational book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available and paperback, audible, and Kindle formats on Amazon as well. Friends of the show, Zevia, Stevia, Sweet and Soda, True Panion, and Bio Accelerator. I go back February 8th for my final stem cells, guys, and uh, I'm looking forward. James James is popping back in again. Let's see if, uh, see if James – I don't know if it's meant to be. I love that James was still fighting, though. I'm, I'm, James is still fighting, ladies and gentlemen. And all we need, I don't know why it's not letting him back in in StreamYard here, but don't don't give up, James. We're going to keep fighting. <laughs> Follow me on social media, guys. Ryback on Twitter, unverified right now until hopefully that Twitter, I believe, is updating their verification process here uh, for the beginning of the year, supposedly. So maybe I do get re-verified on that after that. The Big Guy Ryback 22 on Instagram and TikTok. The Ryback Show, Feed Me More Nutrition, and Ryback TV on Instagram and Ryback247 on Snapchat as well. 
We're going to wrap up here. We got one super chat we will get to. Love from Travis Berg. Love you, man. Great to see your success rate continuing to grow. Thank you very much, Travis. And uh, I love doing these shows live. I switched to live, live a while back, and I put these direct out on all podcast platforms, which, by the way, guys, if you enjoy this show, whether you watch it on Ryback TV or Ryback Rules on Twitch, if you could go, it's on all podcast platforms. It'll be up usually 15, 20 minutes after we do the live show. If you can go there, guys, and leave a, a nice review, though, on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, it really, really helps out the show. Uh, it just takes it takes a couple of moments, and uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. But other than that, guys, I hope you guys have a great, great week. And uh, I love you guys. If you got suggestions on who you want on the show, I'm here for you. And uh, I love doing these. I love being able to, to get away from the phone for a little bit because I'm on it all the time for work. And uh, I will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. You've just listened to The Ryback Show. Feed me more.